Let us pray. Gracious loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks that we have this opportunity uh, to seek you. We give you thanks for the gift of your word um, and the deep wisdom that it has for us. God, guide us and that we may be faithful stewards of you. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good evening, friends, and welcome uh, to this, uh, I mean, much more mildly delayed um, edition of Scripture Talk. Um, Last week, we didn't record until Wednesday night, and it didn't finally make it on the internet until sometime Sunday morning. Um, it, the upload process for that show began, um, on Saturday. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, pumpkin patches over. So our, our lives are, are, uh, way less adventurous uh, than they were uh, before, which is nice. Uh, we could use a little bit, uh, a little bit of a more boring season. Um, but, uh, this is scripture talk, uh, you know, where internet allowing, uh, we take some time, uh, to do as advertised to talk about scripture. I am pastor Trey Comstock with me as ever is sister Brandy Dudley. Pastor Scott Ketchuk. And on the ones and twos. Brother Stacy Tyler. And our scripture this evening is um, one that uh, gets, you know, gets ignored. It's a book of the Bible that gets ignored, frankly, um, because it's scary. We did a whole series on it um, about a month ago. I finished a whole series on it about a month ago. Um, it is the book of Hebrews. Um, and why Hebrews gets ignored is it is, it's super deep. It is super deep theology. Um, it is for a audience that has points of reference that most Christians don't have. Um, but uh, it's still, I think there is deep wisdom about who is Christ uh, contained within it. And the, and the series we're going into really focuses on who, that this question, who is Christ? And so this is Hebrews chapter 9, uh, verses 24 through 28. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made by human hands a mere copy of the true one. But he entered into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly awaiting, eagerly waiting for him. This this little nugget of scripture, this four verses, it is not much on paper, but in it is a lot of what our life and hopes are, right? That when Christ died, it was not just a death. Um, and when Christ rose, it was not just a rising. And when Christ ascended, it wasn't just an ascending. But this all has eternal consequence uh, for those who believe and for those who don't. Uh, and so this is setting up this thing that Christ made this sacrifice that means something really deep, and when he ascends and goes to heaven and is there on our behalf, it means something super deep. And this is, Hebrews is, as advertised, is riffing off of kind of, you know, how the Second Temple Judaism understood sacrifice to Christ being the ultimate version of that. Um, and as the ultimate version of that, that is what gives his sacrifice pot- potency, his ascension potency, that he is not um, in the temple that is essentially the the small version of the heavenly temple. He is in the heavenly temple. Um, and thus his salvation is, his sacrifice is good forever. Um, his salvation is good forever and he will come back uh, to take us home. Yeah, this really takes a look at this idea of the things that happen here on earth are just a shadow of what's yes. going on in heaven. And that to point out the fact of, hey, what you saw Jesus did here has much 
Yes, it's amazing. It is mind-blowing here yes. on earth. But beyond that, it reaches into the heavenlies, into the eternal and into the spiritual realm where the true temple is and takes care of those things that the earthly sacrifices were not sufficient to yeah. handle. Where they fell short, Jesus did not. Where they fell to cover, Jesus covers completely. Where righteousness cannot be bought by the blood of animals, Complete righteousness through the blood of Christ is possible and available for everyone. Well, I think, and, and this picks up something that Hebrews gets off on that a lot of us as modern Christians don't care about, right? That why why one sacrifice now where it was thousands of sacrifices in the old way, right? Why one of the questions if you were... In a, Hebrews is not written to non-believers. It is written yeah. to believers, but it's written to believers with a background in Judaism, what we would call Jewish Christians. Um, they are probably, it's hard to pin down where they're living. They are probably not living in the Holy Land. They are probably living at this point um, in what's called the diaspora, which means just outside of the Holy Land, probably um, in the Greco-Roman world somewhere, because that was like, you know, most of the world yeah. at the time was the Greco-Roman world, turns out. Um, this is written, it, it doesn't, it's hard to pin down when it was written. This is written along the same, same time when Paul is writing. Is it written by Paul? I'm neutral on that. We don't know. Uh, we don't know. Um, certainly, uh, or even early Christian scholars debate this. Um, in some ways, it doesn't matter who wrote it um, because there's clear wisdom to it. It made it into the canon. No one's arguing with the fact that it's here. Um, so, you know, take your pick. Again, traditionally, it has been written by Paul. There's enough writing style and theology differences to go, I don't know. Um, but don't get too hung up on that. But whoever's writing this is writing to this, you know, diaspora, this, you know, dispersed community of Jews, uh, Jewish Christians, and they would have this natural question. Look, uh, we're here. We believe and this is good. Um, but we lived this whole life where we had to make all these sacrifices all the time. And what you're telling me is Christ is that sacrifice, but his sacrifice is good forever. Mm hmm. And why is that? And I'm glad because he knew in this day and age we wouldn't be able to keep up with all of the dues of the sacrifice and going to the temple every day to sacrifice. I make a joke with my uh, peers that we would have we wouldn't have enough lambs and goats and birds to keep up with all the sacrifice we have to do the way we see it every day and stuff. So I'm glad that Christ made it to where. His sacrifice is the perfect sacrifice, the one sacrifice. We look to him and we are saved from our sins. You know, I think that's an aspect of it that in our time we don't get. You know, when we think of them doing sacrifices, you know, we realize, okay, well, when they had their special feasts, they'd have sacrifices or at the Passover, people would come in and everyone would give a sacrifice. Yes, that's true. But they had daily sacrifices. They had the perpetual sacrifice yeah. more than once a day, mm -hmm. actually, mm -hmm. that these were going on. And it's kind of cool uh, uh, when you look at how even the crucifixion of Jesus fell along with the timing of those sacrifices to help the Jewish people understand right. because they they understood why is there a perpetual sacrifice because we are always sinning we're perpetually sinning and then we're perpetually needing forgiveness and needing that covering but what 
Hebrews is showing here is isn't just that, okay, yes, we did away with this. No, it's the awesomeness of what this sacrifice means, right. how important this individual was and how big it is that he laid his life down, that that's why it's no longer needed. Not because the system changed, but because of the cost of the sacrifice that mm-hmm. was made. Yeah. Well, in some ways it is... Like, it's one promise, not two. Yeah. Right? And in some ways, it's not even two systems. It is one system. But it is the nature of that system is altered when Christ comes in. But it is still some understanding that, well, a few things, right? One, sin is a problem. Mm -hmm. Right? And the nature of grace doesn't mean sin isn't a problem. Um, It just means that the problem of sin, there is a way to deal with the problem of sin. I mean, it is um, uh, attaching yourself uh, to the life and sacrifice and resurrection of Christ mm-hmm. um, and the grace that comes in the world via that. There was grace in the old system too. Mm-hmm. The grace came from sacrifice, right? right. There was a, there, there was an under, you know, it was not that we, as Christians, I think we also do ourselves a disservice when we talk about like, you know, in the Old Testament, there wasn't grace. In the New Testament, there is grace. No. There's a lot of grace. A lot of grace. You know, know, think about King David, right? King David needed a heck of a lot of grace. Oh, yeah. Um, But it was the nature, the nature by which the grace was established and what you had to do, the constancy with which you had to do something to obtain said grace, right? Mm -hmm. And so there was this entire sacrificial system and that entire sacrificial system is about grace. It's about obtaining grace. In the same way that Christ's offering for us is about obtaining grace, but it is not a, and it is still a constant need for grace. Um, but the sacrifice required to obtain that grace changes the number of sacrifices. It is not our continual need. Our continual need for grace was present in the Old Testament. Our continual need for grace was present in the New Testament. Our continual need for grace is present in the present in our <laughs> lives right now. It is, we do not need to continually sacrifice animals, but you do need to continue uh, to attach your heart to Christ. There is a sacrifice on your behalf that still needs to be made, uh, but it is the sacrifice of attaching yourself to Christ um, in a continual way, not just in a one and done way. Um, Sorry. Uh, It's just not. I know, hot button theological issue often comes up on the show, but it seems to me the scriptural there's perspective. There's a reason. There's a reason. Well, when you are attached to Christ, you die daily. Well, I, no, no, no. I mean, you have, but, you can, you don't have to, right? I mean, like, not literally, but you know no, what no, I mean. No, 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 but, but I, what I mean is, that's a choice you make. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not, you don't just naturally die daily. You choose to die daily. Right. Right? When you attach yourself to Christ, it is a death to the things of this world. It is a death, exactly. death to the things that came before. Exactly. I agree. But my point is, it's still a continual sacrifice. Right? Yeah. It's it, a continual on, death. On our side? On our side. Okay. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's kind of like uh, at the Passover. You know, they could have sacrificed the lamb, but if they didn't actually apply it to the door and the uh, limp, uh, the lamp doorpost the, the, can't get yeah. it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, then they weren't going to be covered. Right. And, and so, and that modern analogy of it is the fact that, you know, Jesus is there offering it. But if we're not daily putting ourselves in the position to receive aspects of yeah. it, now I don't mean like, oh my gosh, if I haven't 
asked forgiveness this no, particular no, it, day. Again, it's, but no, it's, no, it's, it's, not it's still intent it's, of the law, not letter yes, of the law, right? Yes, like it is you the, know, God is part of God's grace is God sees the intention of the heart, yeah. not just, you know, oh, didn't check all the boxes. God is not doing your taxes, okay. right? This is not, you know, if you don't put the right thing on form 42B, um, you're going to get sued by the IRS. God does not function that way, praise God. Yeah, uh-huh. it's, that, it's that looking at, you know, where James kind of comes in to yes. what he talked about, about, you know, faith without works is dead because right. your faith should lead you to good works in, in, in the same way. It's that sanctification is being worked out. We're getting closer and more like Jesus because we're doing something. We want to avoid the uh, idea that exists with some Christians of I'm saved, I now have my get out of hell free card, and that's all I have to do. (laughs) Here we go! No, That's that's not how how it is. No, it isn't. If you you want like a thorough explication of that idea, listen to our entire previous series that was like, was essentially um, doing uh, what I, kind of the intention behind that series was a lot of what the intention behind the book of Proverbs is um, for yeah. Judaism, right? There's like, okay, you've become a follower of God. Now what? What does that mean? What is the implication of that for your life? And if you think it is uh, one thing among many things that you do, and you hear that like, well, it's like a daily dying, um, you say, oh, well, that sounds extreme. <laughs> well, <laughs> friends, uh, faith in God is still extreme, right? Mm-hmm. It is It is. It is not like extreme, like doing your taxes where you have to be extremely precise, um, but the intent of your heart needs to be extremely for God and extremely for God and God alone. Well, it'd be fair to say the Christian life is not easy at all. Because once you decide to follow Christ, it's going to be a lot of things you, you're you not going to do anymore that you used to do and things you're going to give up, you have done, you know, it's, it's hard, it's challenging. But you have, re- you know, as we often balance this with, you have resources along the way, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Right. Um, the other thing that is happening here that is not about the Christian life, but it's about the nature of Christ, mm-hmm. is there's three things that underlie, underlie this idea of Christ as the permanent sacrifice. Um, one is that Christ was a human. Mm-hmm. And if Christ wasn't a human, it's not a sacrifice. Right. Right. So we talk about the humanity and the divinity of Christ, and those two things are are linked here because without both of those pieces, this equation doesn't work, right? If he is not a human, it's not a sacrifice, right? Because he's not really dying, mm-hmm. right? So he has to be human because that's what gives the sacrifice weight. He has to be human, feel pain, ha- actively choose it, all of those things, right? Or it's not really a sacrifice. Yeah. If Christ is just, wait, there's all this debate in medieval, you know, excuse me, early first and second, yeah. third century theology about, you know, how human is Christ? And where we landed is very. Um, Christ is very human. Um, yeah, blood had to be shed as remission of sin comes from right. your chain of blood. Right. Well, again, but it, it has to be re- actual blood. It can't right. just, this is not a special effect. Right. It had to really be human or it's not a sacrifice. Um, he also had to be God or he doesn't have access to this heavenly place. Mm-hmm. Right. So he had to be human. He had to be blameless. Right. This is the other thing. Like Christ needed to be without sin or he's not the perfect sacrifice. Uh, one of the interesting things uh, to me, uh, studying up on this uh, aspect of you know Arianism and all of that stuff is how we look at the situation now and people tend to struggle with the idea of God, uh, the deity of Jesus. Uh-huh. 
But in the original earlier conversations, the deity was, was accepted. Was assumed. That was assumed. That yeah. was not the issue. The arguments and the debates was over the humanity. How human. Just how human was him. And, and the reality of it is, you know, as much as we don't like this aspect, death and dying is a solely human trait. I mean, it's, exactly. that's, that's an aspect of humanity that is the fact that, you know, that's what we're going to do. We're, we're, we're all going to die. We're all going to pay taxes. Right. And mm-hmm. so uh, Jesus did both. Jesus did both. <laughs> we have, did we have a scriptural both. example of Jesus both dying yeah. and, and paying taxes. <laughs> by way of fish. And we can thank know, right? Eve for that. Well, actually, so there's, I, I, actually, I would argue there are three things okay. um, that are uh, human and not divine. Yeah. Um, it is death. Mm-hmm. Right. It is taxes. And it's change. Um, and we oh, watch. Yeah, the immutability. And, and we, and, but we uh-huh. also watch Christ change. We watch Christ go from a tiny baby mm-hmm. to a 30 something year old man. Yeah. Uh, we watch his flesh be changed. Um, we watch his emotions be changed. We see Christ weep. Um, we see Christ eat fish to prove that he is. Not a Not ghost. A ghost. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in scripture where Jesus like feels like it's one of those scenes that feels like a hostage situation. I'm going to lay this here. I'm going to eat this fish. And the disciples are going. <laughs> they're, they're like waiting with bated. This works great for the audio listeners. Uh, we're yeah. Waiting with bated breath. Is he going to eat the fish? Eat it. Eat the fish. Eat it. Eat it. Eat it. Eat it. Ah. Oh, yeah, he ate it. He's not a ghost. Right. He's not a ghost. go, Mikey. He'll eat anything. And so we see, like, the, and the Gospels make this point over and over again because mm-hmm. it is hotly debated. And it is it is difficult. Not, actually, I would argue it's impossible to truly wrap your head around. Yeah. Right? Because in our world, you are either one thing or another. You're either alive or dead. Other than Schrodinger's cat, uh, you're either alive or dead. Um, you uh, you are you're a human. You are divine. You're a human. You're a chimp. You're a human. You're a whatever sea monkey, um, brine shrimp, whatever. Like so, the concept of fully human and fully divine is rough. Intellectually, is rough. We can't wrap our heads around. How can you be 200? You can only be 100%. How can you be 200%? Is he like half God and half human? No, that's a demigod. Nope. So the other point is that this is something they worried about that we worry about less. Jesus is not Hercules, right? Because one of the things you can go in for a Greek audience is, yeah, yeah, Jesus is like Hercules, right? Like he's half God and half human, to which Paul would say, my favorite Paul line, by no means. No, (laughs) it is fully human and fully divine because he's anything less than fully human it's not fully a sacrifice and if he's anything less than fully divine he does not have have access to the heavenly places and he does not capable of living a perfect life lord knows hercules doesn't live a perfect life right right and, and so you have this whole aspect of the eternalness of jesus that is then condensed and you have the incarnation. Yes. You know, and, and so, again, we, we fall into one of those things that we've talked about with, like, Job. You know, so, sometimes there isn't an answer. Sometimes you don't understand everything. And that should be okay. Actually, that should be inspiring. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if we could come up with something that we could fully explain and everyone understand, then that points more to the fact that it was created uh-huh. by a human mind. Uh-huh. This idea that no one can explain and fully grasp is good because that means it came from something outside and above our 
finite minds. I, I admit, this is one of those places where I go around the twist with atheists all the time, right? Of like, oh, but, you know, can you explain all this? No. No, I can't. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I'm, a, you know, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm fooling myself, but I like to think I'm a reasonably smart fellow. Can we at least say what you want about me? But can we at least all agree on this podcast? I'm a reasonably smart fellow. Yeah. That yeah. most of the rooms reasonably. that I am in, no, I am not ranking in the bottom of the intelligence spectrum. Right? right. The, the, like, you know, and I, I've been in some good rooms over the years. Right. I'm a reasonably smart fellow. Uh, I have a reasonably good background in the sciences. Um, I am naturally a skeptic, right? But one of the things that has actually helped my skepticism, helped my natural skepticism, is the realization that if I could, what Scott just said, that if I could understand everything, that's a problem, not a benefit. (laughs) No, we can't understand everything. There's no way we could. Well, right, because because God's the one, because it's God, Right. right? And so when we get at the nature of Christ, we are getting at the very nature of God. Mm-hmm. Right. And that what God can do is God can somehow, and I do not understand how, it's a mystery, mm-hmm. be fully human, but also fully present as the divine, as the divine word of God, as the living, talking deity. Um, and God can die, yet also still be, right? Um, because that's one of those like great uh, uh, early theology arguments. You know, one of this. And I've, I'm going to blank on who said this. Um, Scott's taken that class more recently than I have. Um, but someone literally said, "Okay, so then you can say uh, uh, God died on the cross," and then they blew up. No, you can't say that. Oh yeah. Or uh, 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 Mary mother. This, so this is also the debate: Mary, mother of God. Uh-uh. Is it Mary, mother of Christ, or Mary, mother of God? Well, according to my swearing life, it's Mary, mother of God, because that is most <laughs> of what I say. Mary, mother of God. Um, that's why I like the hospital chain Christus Mother Francis, because it sounds. Anyways, um, I use that a lot. Too. Uh, Christus Mother Francis. Uh, it's great. Um, it was either Augustine or one of those that he was debating back and forth. Yeah, but, anyway, but one of the folks but lands, yeah, and like whole. you can say that. You can say. Mary, mother of God. Right. Because Christ is fully God. Right. I don't understand how, but that's how that works. And, and what, it doesn't downplay the eternalness of God because, quite frankly, look at uh, adoption. You know, you, you have someone that can be a mother to someone that they did not create. And to say that she's the mother is not to say that she created the eternal aspect. Now, she definitely had a, a part in the creation of the human uh, Of the aspect, incarnation. The right. incarnation. But and that's part of where it becomes a miracle. Right. right. And why and, and a miracle and a mystery. Yeah. Right. Right. Because it is still not, it is not even two sides of a coin. Mm-mm. Right. It is not, anytime you, you know, everyone likes the like uh, states of matter thing, right? Um, which is also um, that like the holy, you know, the God, <laughs> this, this gets in the Trinity, um, which is, part of this but not exactly Jermaine where people want to go oh it's like states of matter and you have to go no because it's still not separate things God is both three and one God is both fully human and fully Christ is both fully human and fully divine and does it make sense by no means (laughs) it doesn't by no means it doesn't like and I'm I'm not going to sit here well actually if you think about it deeply no the the deeper you think about it and mess you up the more it's going to mess you up and the more you should think about it, right? Mm -hmm. Because you should ponder the nature and power of God to bend the, like the aspect of reality in such a way that opens up grace for you. Right. Right. Because if Christ is not human, it's not a sacrifice. If Christ 
was not God and thus able to live a perfect life and have access to the heavenly places, that sacrifice doesn't have the punch. It's insufficient. You know, a, a lot of people have died in the name of God. A lot of people have. And those sacrifices have meaning. But Peter dying on an upside-down cross didn't save you. That's right. It propelled the faith forward um, because of the power of his witness. I don't want to take the punch out of what Peter did or what Stephen did or what James the Lesser did um, or what Paul did or what any of the martyrs have done or, you know, Moses or whoever, right? People have died uh, for God's purpose. It's amazing. But those deaths can't save you. Uh-huh. The only death can save you is Christ because he is fully human thus making a sacrifice, and because he is God, thus making that sacrifice potent in a way that no other sacrifice could be. Well, you know, and you talk about, you know, uh, proving things and things not making sense and everything, but we also have the ultimate thing, and it's faith. Sure, right, yes. Yeah, I mean, there isn't, there isn't, faith is, in the end, faith involves believing some things that really sound impossible. Mm -hmm. And you can't take that out of it. That you, like, it is not, again, it's not going to be fully explicable. Right. Right. Because to say we could fully grasp it is to say that we have an intelligence, a wisdom, a power in line with God. Mm -hmm. And there's only been one human that could do that, and that was Jesus, who was himself also God. Even the scientists themselves say we don't have a grasp of everything that we could possibly know. So, I mean, you know, it's... Everybody's that way. We yeah. don't. We don't all. There's nobody on this earth that understands everything. Well, and and true scientists, rather than militant atheists, true scientists will generally agree that they don't understand everything. <laughs> right. Right. Because right. like, science is a quest for like is a quest for always greater knowledge. Right. right. Um, and there are mysteries upon mysteries upon mysteries in science too. Um, this is, again, I you know I have my struggles uh, in in arguing. Not with, you know, people who are seeking. I love those arguments or those discussions, right? Those disagreements, mm-hmm. right? Because, you, you know, um, but if, if you are walking into reality assuming that you're going to grasp all of it, that's arrogance, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> and, that's, and, that, and that's where it becomes sinful, right? Uh, that's pride. pride. That's, but that's, that's arrogance, right? And most scientists I know, whether they're a person of faith or not, are not that arrogant. They're like, ah, you know, there's a thousand things we don't understand. You know, until very recently, we didn't fully grasp gravity, right? The, the force in nature we experience the most often and that we are all right. pinned down by gravity all the time. <laughs> um, you know, until they found the graviton, like, they didn't fully grasp what gave gravity gravity. Not that far. Uh, we've... Uh thought that the earth was flat yeah i mean you know know, okay so actually okay the scientific correction then we'll get out of here technically the greeks knew the earth was round the greeks knew it three thousand years ago or 2500 years ago that the earth was definitely round they could measure the rays and whatever um the problem is is there was this thing called the dark ages um where we lost a lot of really good stuff, yeah. Yeah. including, weirdly, the knowledge of the shape of the Earth. And then it wasn't until, you know, Columbus didn't fall off the end of the Earth. There was also still people who knew that even in Columbus's time. But it was not fully accepted again for, it took, 
another 1400 years or whatever uh, to once again accept the fact that the earth is round and not flat. Um, humans are not always as smart as we think we are. Indeed. Hmm. Um, and that's probably as good a place as any uh, to bring uh, this show in for a landing. Uh, we hope to have our technical issues resolved. Yeah. Um, Pray. It is. Uh, this has been, you know, going on for two months now where we have not had a, and it's not getting more stable, it's getting less stable. Zito so, calling. So we're going to be calling Zito. We're going to try some hardware fixes on our end. We're really confused. Um, I know it, you know, it sucks when we, we're not on at the right time and then, the, you know, the live audience yeah. can't count on it. Um, and so we're going to be uh, spending the next week getting our internet house in order because this is getting ridiculous. So all you fans out there, be patient. Yeah, be patient. Um, and hopefully next week we'll be able, I mean, certainly in terms of scheduling wise, we'll be in the studio at the normal time next week. Um, and hopefully we can go live right at six o'clock, which is what we've committed two years ago. Yep. Um, and uh, so again, I apologize for us missing times and uh, being delayed. We we fought an extra 20 minutes this evening to try mm. and uh, get a more stable stream. Trust we were, us. we don't like it either. We weren't able to do it, um, but so we're going to try some kind of bigger fixes um, over the next week and hopefully um, have a more stable show for you. Anyways, if you have feedback for us, you can leave a note here on Facebook uh, where the live edition has gone up um, this week. Uh, you can leave a comment over on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can leave a comment on our website, uh, palestinegracedeck.com slash videos. Uh, you can send us an email, gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. Uh, if you're looking for an audio-only version of this show, just search Scripture Talk by Grace Church in your podcatcher of choice. Um, and again, with a little bit of luck, we'll be back <laughs> next week uh, with a more stable stream um, at uh, 6 p.m. on Monday night. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And fear not, stay well. God is indeed with us.